You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. we got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On The Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. here right here that's some groovy music there we're joy we're enjoying that right here we're all got fresh hot tea hot coffee we're ready to go here we're on the dock with pastor troy here and the whole on the dock gang again we're all about conversations we want to get you off of the dock out of the shallows and into the deep we're going to do that we got a great series coming up for you i hope you've joined us i know i don't know where you found us but you can also find us on youtube spotify itunes as well as google play go find google play facebook roku rumble and SermonNet. if you use the roku app download the SermonNet channel uh a feature in roku and then look up on all these on the dock with pastor troy you can also reach out to us on our social media platforms we'd love to hear from you facebook instagram twitter telegram and we're now on getter so get us on getter on all those reach out to us when you find us subscribe, hit like, notify. Please tell other people what you're finding and share it with other people. We've got some great stuff for you as well as Patreon. You want to become a partner of ours? We'd love to have you. We have four partnership levels. Come check that out and help support what we're doing here. Help us bring good guests on here and different things. You can be a part of the whole movement at On The Dock by being a partner or a sponsor. We'd love to have you as a sponsor. We've got three tiers for that as well. Go to the, download the Patreon app, uh, find us that way and look up On The Dock and you can see all those tiers and all the explanations. We'd love to hear from you. If you don't know how to do any of this stuff, go to onthedock.org our website. There's a template there that Haley's put together. It's a wonderful, wonderful website. Uh, you can watch us there. There's an embedded browser. There's also uh, links to all the templates as well as a link to the Patreon site. And you can find out more about us. You can even find our email address. If you <laughs> just can't do anything else, email us at info at on the doc.org. Hey, we're around the table. We got the table is full. We're so glad to have our team back here. Uh, we did our inaugural series, our big series. We got that whole team back, all of our hosts are in studio. We've got myself, Mother Beth to the right. Hey, Mother Beth. We got to talk. I mean, it's a microphone. Oh, I thought it was just. No, no. Well, I'm going to say hi to you. It's a shout out. This, silent, is, this isn't a fi silent film. I mean, she's been in the studio more than these other guys lately, but I mean, come on now. I mean, she is. And then we'll go ladies first. Uh, next, we'll go over here to Donna. Donna Donna's our executive producer. How you doing, Donna? Hola. Donna's the one who puts everything up for you. She's the one who kind of connects with you on social media and stuff like that. And she just realized that she had uh, people that responded to her on our YouTube feed. And she just right? learned how to comment back. So comment to her I on YouTube. How to. I know, but comment to her now and she will respond to you in a more timely fashion. <laughs> yes. Thank you for all the people that do shout out to us. And across the table, Mr. Ben Ottolini, he's, he's in the house. He looks good. Yeah. He's got a little slurp, got a little slurp going on. There could be a violation of that. That could be a copyrighted. We're not sure that could be copyrighted or not. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're we're, we're talking about Mr. Crowder here. I know what you're thinking, but we're not about that business here on the dock room. And then hey, we've got something new for you. We got one of our new cameras. We've got our new camera in the studio. Eventually, we're gonna look this good. All three of us are, but we only got one of those because the other two are somewhere in a boat between here and China. They're out in the boat. They've been slow there for boat. they're on a slow boat. A boat. They've been back ordered and back ordered and back ordered. We've back orders from bnh at least 12 times we did get one of the three cameras and you know when you're in charge when you're the techno wizard when you're the techno wizard of on the dock when you're the executive director mm -hmm. and you're lucas winkler guess what he took the new camera put it yep. on himself 100 percent, i did oh my Looking good it makes it, him, if anybody's gonna look good it's gonna be me see the muscles he's got he looks muscular he's buff yeah. if that was on me i would look just like that it's like yeah an instagram filter the yeah. camera adds muscles obviously yeah, yeah. yeah. apparently yeah. Right. Okay, let me right. just say this and on the dock the other cameras we have have a total value of about seven eight hundred dollars amongst them his camera is about 900 plus so you know you can see he looks like 900 dollars better than all of us so i'm very jealous i just think it's very selfish i think you need to repent of your sins 
And uh, but really, really, I, I, I I'll, I'll consider it. You'll confess, consider it. Confess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you do look good. You look good. It's good to have him in. He's over there now. We can get him in on the ball game. And we've had him mic'd up before, but now we've got him logged on and ready to go. So uh, thank you, thank you, Lucas. Hope you're enjoying all the stuff he's putting out. It's good stuff. All right, hey, let's get let's get started here. We've got a great program for you. Two. Night, we're gonna we're in the night here broadcasting. We're all drinking a lot of coffee. We're gonna get really really giddy here. Um, but our series is called the High Calling Series: Truly Living Like Christ. I just want to say to you, uh, we, we I did a, a preaching series on back um, in. August and September at Community Faith Church. I'm the pastor here at Community Faith Church. It's our host site for On the Dock. We have our studios here. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to these full sermons and get into the detail of that, and you want to hear Ben lead incredible worship, maybe Donna leading worship. She's one of our worship leaders as well. And I know she let, sings in all of them. If you want to go hear that, Lucas back on keyboard or bass somewhere Ooh. back there. You know, if you want to go hear, see that, go find Community Faith Church. We're on YouTube and on Facebook. We have channels there. And uh, you can go find this series. It's August 15th pretty much runs through September 19th. You can go back and catch the fuller versions of these. But what we wanted to do was kind of wanted to touch a little pieces of, of what we talked about at the high calling. I want to, I want to get some of that out. It's a little bit of teaching, but mostly we want to take that teaching and then let the team here kind of come in and, and kind of be you represent you here, have some conversation, thicken it up a little bit and uh, kind of stretch it out a little bit. And hopefully more of you can kind of figure out how to find that uh, road to get into your high calling. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. I'm excited about it. Um, we're going to start this series it's going to be multi-part series. Uh, you know, just, let's just see where it goes. We'll have, we'll have a great time with it. <clears throat> All right, so let's get started. We're going to start with, when we ran the series at Community Faith Church, we ran a bumper with it. A bumper is what we put right in front of our sermons here, kind of breaks from the music, and it gives us a good cut point if we're ever just putting out the service. It also gives a chance for the pastor to take another drink of his hot tea, you know, go get something he forgot. It gives us time to move the pulpit. We do all kinds of things in that 48 seconds. It's just amazing what happens. (laughs) Ben disappears. Lucas yeah, jumps appears. in, and then yeah. I appear. But but the bumpers are good. But I found a bumper for this that I thought was so good because it pulls apart the heart of what we'll be looking at in the high calling. Philippians 3, 7 through 16 is the core text. And I really like this bumper. And I'm going to play it. And now for some of you watching on Spotify and iTunes, we're going to treat this a little bit like a baseball game. I'm going to give your color commentary. If you're watching it, you'll see the words come up, but I'm also going to, I'm going to share the phrases as they come up. So you will be sitting in your car and not feel disadvantaged because you're a Spotify, iTunes or Google podcast listener. We want you to be just as valuable. All right. And if you want, Hey, I hear rumor that Spotify or something's going to do video, right? Uh, Eventually they've already started, but you got to pay for it. It's very expensive. Uh, I don't know. No, I think I think it's only for people who have like a lot of subscribers. Yeah, yeah. we don't have enough. So if you will, if you will roll down your window as you stop at every red light and stuff, and say subscribe to On the Dock with Pastor Troy. <laughs> if you will do that, we'll get more, and eventually we could do that. They'll ask us to do the video, and 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 also just go to Patreon and become a partner, give us some money, and we'll be able maybe to afford it. So we'll see. We'll have to get those better cameras if we get on Spotify. You right. know, you got to be looking like Lucas. We don't look like we do. They'll never put us on. Okay, so I'm gonna run this little bumper for you, then. We'll I'm going to get into the thickness of kind of getting you into the message. And anytime you guys chime in here and get ready to go, we'll, we'll have fun with it. All right, well, Lucas, get ready for a video. Leave my mic hot if you would. This video is going to last a whole 48 seconds. Please don't go to sleep during this video. It's very good. Here it goes. What happens? When we don't just know the word... but live the word. When we let it change us, remake us, when we let our light shine. Joy, humility, love, obedience, worship. That's the high calling to truly live like Christ. That's what we're going to be about here. All right. Good job. Good job. We did a good job. Uh-oh, I ran it again. That happens. All right. That's not Lucas's fault. Don't write Lucas. I control the videos here. He controls the sound. So it happens. I never know why that happens. It only happens like one out of four times. It only happens when I'm in the studio too. If we try to make it happen, it won't happen. It's amazing. So we're looking at the high calling. Um, we're going to just do a little bit of intro in this uh, this podcast. Um, we'll get deeper into it in the, in the adjacent ones coming up. Um, but in our series, we're going to be looking at the heart of 
Paul's message to the Philippian church. The Philippian church in Philippians 3, 6 through 17, he tells them to reach out and grab something more. They're saved. They're Christians. He's saying, reach out and grab this thing. So let's take a look at this. Uh, what is this high call? And let's look at it in Philippians 3, chapter 3, verses 7 through 16. I'm going to read that scripture for you if you're in the car. Uh, if you're online, you can see it as well. But what things were gained to me, Paul writes, this is New King James, these I have counted loss for Christ, yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, I love that word rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid also a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. What, what a powerful text, guys. Paul is, is challenging us to reach for this something else, and he wants us to do it together. He wants us, to, he do, he's not calling for just Ben to get there and for us just to watch him and cheer. He's, he's calling on the church to reach their individual people to get out of their comfort zones, out of the pew. Here they were in home churches, and he's telling them to press forward on something that's greater. Salvation's not the whole story. Salvation is like the beginning of the adventure. Mm -hmm. It would be like watching the Hobbit movies and, and stopping after the first one. And they go whistling off, you know, hi-ho, hi-ho, off the work we go. <laughs> I think that's the seven dwarfs, but, but yeah, I think so. something like that. <laughs> seven dwarfs, Hobbits, same Different people. dwarf story. Same people. And, and, and please, Disney, do not take us down or influence your move to pull us off the web. We're sorry. Um, but... But it'd be like watching the first Hobbit movie and they go whistling off on the adventure and then that's it. There's not really an adventure. You don't see it. But we all know there's like multiple Hobbit movies and you got to watch them and then you find out so much more and then you get to the end you go, wow, it's a great movie. And like watching Lord of the Rings and just seeing the first ring movie, you don't know what happens to the ring. You know, what happens to uh, Zor the, the Tower of Zoran? Is it Zoran or something like that? You don't know. So Paul's saying the beginning is just being, you, you, you're going to answer that question. I knew that. Well, I was, I was in the middle of writing down a thought, but then you mentioned Lord of the Rings, and so I got interrupted. And no, go ahead. It's Sauron. <laughs> Sauron. Sauron with an S. Go ahead, Ben. Sauron. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not even finished with the thought. Oh, you keep going. No, you keep I going. I love Lord okay, of the Rings. Well, let me say it. Well, well, so let me, <laughs> let me have my let, attention. Let me see if I can get everybody on, on the same page here. The high calling, uh, David had the call of the shepherd, put the call to be the king. God put that call. He touched the Macedonia call of Paul to go into Macedonia. He tried to go once, couldn't go. But then God said, hey, I got the door open. High call. I got a special mission for you. David, I want you to go from shepherd to king. Special mission. Uh, the voice in the night was Samuel. Uh, kept hearing that, you know, you know, whom shall I send and who shall go? And Eli said, answer, just tell the Lord, yes, I'll go. You know, answer the call. And look what happened with Samuel. He was the kingmaker and one of the greatest prophets. And, and of course, Paul, in teaching the Philippi church, he was trying to tell them there is more. The, the getting saved and getting set down down in the pew is just the beginning of the whole hobbit adventure of christianity god's got so much more for you so that's what we want to look at so so let me let me separate there's two calls when, when you answer the call of the holy spirit prevenient grace is is the holy spirit kind of chasing us down through other witnesses through grandmammy that prayed for you mama that prayed for you your sunday school teacher all these people all the people that kind of help lead you to a decision to come to jesus christ and you make that decision in that moment of justification and you accept the blood of Christ and you're forgiven and you become a child of God, you become a Christian, a part of the family of God, that's your calling moment. You, you've, 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 you've been called vocationally, you've become a part of the family of God. That's the call. Everybody's called. John 3, 16, so clear that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 
And that, that text is important to me because in the theological world, we've got some real problems there. We've got group, large groups of people that say, you know, okay, uh, Donna and Beth, uh, God decided before time you can't go to heaven. And me and Ben get to go. And Lucas, uh, God says you can go too. So it's, it's male only. Male only going to heaven. And God decided this before the ages. No matter what you do, Donna, no matter what you do, Beth, you can't come. Now, the Mormons were smart. They, they changed that. They said, uh, girls, the men can call you if they want to. So they, they got a real hustle deal. You know what I mean? The men said, hey, if you're a really good wife, we'll say you can come on in. You know, So that makes, makes people very submissive and very controlling, doesn't it? So that's, yeah. let's say the word cult and go from there. And, and, then, and then, yes. No, it's, it, it is. You can say that. that, that yeah, yep, yep. It is. It's, it's not a Christian church, so it's not. Cult just means different than us. There's a lot of things that are cult, so I just hate to tell you it's not biblical. And so, so when, 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 when God says, I love the whole world and forgave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him, if he really means whosoever, that means actually the choice isn't God's. God gave us the choice. So he, in his wisdom, he gave us the choice. Now people get confused. Well, doesn't God know that, you know, maybe Beth wouldn't become a Christian, go to heaven and Troy would. Well, yeah, God knows. But just because God knows the outcome of the movie doesn't mean he decided how it would happen. Right. He just stands over it all and knows the timelines and knows what happens. Doesn't mean he doesn't influence us and try to send people, but it does mean ultimately that free will decisions ours. So I, I don't like it when people try to take our free will. The one thing we have free to choose from is who we will worship. Mm -hmm. yep. And and that is ours. God gave that to us. He, he's not going to take it back from us. I don't think there'll be a time when that choice is gone, when he comes back and it's time to, we're time to sail that decision will be over and we'll have to live based on what our decisions were. Well, that's the one thing that separates humankind from all other creation and the angels. Right. We have free will. We have free will. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are some faiths today that are very heavy on saying, you know, everything's predestined and all that. I, I would agree from God's perspective, he can see the destiny of everything, but that doesn't change the fact of how that destiny occurs. That's, I believe that happens in our free agency and that's because he gave it to yeah. us. Yeah, that's important. So the high calling, the calling is a choice, but I actually believe the high calling is a part of that continued free will because I don't believe when we become a Christian, we surrender free will either. Uh, John Wesley said, you basically are saved each day you get up and put your feet on the ground and decide you're going to walk with Jesus yeah. that day. It's a continuing process. And he hopes you grow from justification to sanctification, which is more perfection, all the way to glorification, which is you literally put on the robe of Christ and you're ready to walk right in. Your feet and his feet just take the footsteps parable, your feet and his feet become such in line that you're walking right in the steps of Jesus. And then that's where this whole uh, series goes. Uh, let me see if I can go back to it. The whole series is called truly living like Christ. So if you're, if you're really getting into the calling and to the point that your high calling matches God's call on Jesus and we're doing the work of Jesus, hopefully God looks down and sees his son in us. And he says, Ben, I'm not letting you in, but I see my son, Jesus Christ in you. He's well done. He, he's in you. He's the password. He's in your life and he's living there. Enter in with him. So yeah. I believe we get in because Jesus is a part of our lives in such a sufficient way that God sees that his son's a part of us. You know, we're, 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 we're in that family. So, so, so in the calling, so there's a calling to get saved. Then there's the high calling. And that's what we're going to focus on this series. A lot of people know how to get saved. The problem is the church can get people saved, but the church doesn't seem to be able to change the world a lot right now. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And I think it's because we've lost our high call and we've deactivated some power that we have. And the high calling um, we talked about here is interesting. It's a word called the high calling in this text here is anoclasis. Ano is the word for high, which means above the the brim. It's like the, it's like pouring a cup of water, and you get a little. If you ever pour a cup of water, and it's like almost fuller than the glass, but it doesn't run out. But the water, the the, the temporal pressure of the water beads it over, mm -hmm. or like a water drop sitting someplace. That it's above the brim. It's it may even run over if you did anything to it. That that's the ano. The clasis is it's it's a, we accept the calling to be filled and to be running over. We accept the call to be filled by something greater than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So the calling is expands us. And, and what expands in us is the life of Christ in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Make sense? So 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 what we're talking about here is anoclasis, not, not the calling, but the high calling. And that's what uh, God really asked for us. And so that's what I really want to get into in this series. I really want to take a look at that deeply. And in that Philippians text, we're going to really focus in on 314. I press toward the goal for the prize of that upward call, that 
that high brim. Doesn't mean Paul, Paul's not saying he got there already or I've already attended. My goal is to get my cup so full that I have something to offer in Christ to other people. And he says, I press toward trying to continually get that thing filled and going. I, I mean, we can accomplish things as we strive toward the high calling and it's almost like you get the call and then you start up plateaus. You start up a mountain, you have a plateau and, and you, I get that. Oh, now I got to go again. I get that. I get that. Our whole journey of our life is trying to strive to get to that next level. Uh, it's almost like playing Donkey Kong, the old game. You had to, you beat this game and you go to the, up the ladder and you're in the next room. Right. You know, God has a, a different room for you. When you've done faithfulness with small things, he's got the next step with a few more things. Best thinking it's like a candy crush. No, I'm not thinking that. I was thinking like it's like the book Hind's Feet on High Places because God's a shepherd and she's much afraid and then he keeps taking her higher and higher up the mountains until she gets to the point where she sacrifices her heart to him. I love that. And he changes her name. Well, I think just naturally if you keep going to the highest place, you are sacrificed. The cost of that will sacrifice you. You will disappear in Christ in you. I mean, my greatest mentors, I see so much of Christ in them. I, I mean, I reckon, I mean, I recognize they still have their own faults. They're still human beings. But you begin to almost say disappear. And we know in the Bible, it, the Bible says in the Old Testament, Enoch walked with God. Mm-hmm. And God loved Enoch so much that he just took him. Mm-hmm. He, he was, no more. was no more. Like, I don't know if God didn't want him to, to be defiled any farther by the people around him or God just loved him so much. He says, you know, just come on up here. I don't want him to be without you. Maybe you know? he got to a place where he, he couldn't, uh, he, I don't know how to say it. He couldn't live here anymore. He, he couldn't. Well, because beyond. he got beyond this spiritually. He, right. he was so close to God. That, right. So as we look at this, the high calling of God brings gifts along the way. As we push to the high call, we go to the different plateaus. We pick up different sets of skills. We pick up new faith, new courage, new perspectives. And we're going to be talking about new relationships. All these things that we'll be looking at as we talk through this. The high calling is what I call the heavenly summons of God to say, I pre- Paul's saying, press toward, stand up, go forward. You, you weren't given the gifts of the Holy Spirit to sit in the pew. Uh, the, the power of Holy Spirit didn't come to save you. Jesus saved us on, on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We were, we were saved. So the Holy Ghost was given to us to let the other world find about the call. So we become kind of part of the team. It's kind of like our bat utility belt. It's like, um, it's like, it's like our weapons systems. If we were going to be soldiers of Christ. So we don't need a weapon system if we're just going to sit, but he's given us access to incredible gifts, incredible ability to, we, we can learn uh, ninja skills for, for Jesus as we go along the journey. It says in Philippians, or, sorry, let me put it this way. So, so the heavenly call is a summons to press up and the Bible speaks uh, literally of us being a chosen generation. Let me give you an example of that. First Peter says, there's other versions of ambassadorship too. I think I skipped past the slide there. There we go. Uh, but you are a chosen pre, uh, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into the light. There's another text that says that, that we're called to be his ambassadors. So you can look around and see, It's re, it, one text says you're to be in the world, but not of the world. There's this very, very clear indications we get closer like you said, to up the mountain, we don't even belong here anymore. And we can get to the point where people see us as Christ did. The disciples were, were all basically killed like Christ. Peter was executed just like Christ, except for upside down. You know, but he failed early, but he succeeded in the end of getting to the top of the mountain and being a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2. He became it. You know, and there's, you don't have to die and bleed out to to give that ultimate sacrifice. There's other ways to give that. And, you know, you know, just got to do what God calls you to do, to do that. And so, you know, as, as we look at this here, um, I want to ask you guys, we're gonna be looking at the key questions in this podcast. Here they are. How do you and I, how do I become one of those great men or great women of faith? How do we become, uh, how do we become not the Hobbit leaving on the journey? How do we get to be the Hobbit coming home, uh, having, done what God wanted us to do. How do we get to the top of that mountain in Heinz feet and, and, and hear the full pleasure of God? How do we get through that? And how do we fulfill the answer uh, to the high calling? So I want to be looking at that, at how we can encourage people along to begin to take steps. So they're going in the right direction. So my path toward the high calling for me, I've been affirmed in lots of ways. And I've shared that if you can go back and listen to the sermon, almost the whole sermon's taken up at, at where you, 
I could share so many stories how God kind of groomed us along, Beth and I along the path from first call to to the next level, from first call to starting my high calling journey. And I don't think I've arrived. I'm where Paul is at. I think I'm still somewhere halfway, third way, third way up the slope maybe. But, you know, and every time I get to that next level, I'm like, man, it's going to kill me. I mean, I'm going to die here. You know, I can't breathe here. The air's thin here. And, you know, I'm at five feet off the ground. You know, anybody knows me, I can't vertical much, you know. But 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 over the last 32 years, I've gotten up a few tiers. And every tier, I've been able to do do better because I've got seasoning. You know, things I face now that are trouble uh, in, in the life of the church. Um, Beth and I have probably already gone through some of those. We were talking about late last night how, you know, this problem, that problem, somebody's facing like, well, that's an easy one. I've lived that five times, you know? So as you work to the high calling, you're going to pick, pick up skill sets that will make what would have killed you yesterday easy fair here, but it's also going to get you ready to take on the bigger task ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, the bigger task will be what would, what wouldn't even, I mean, you wouldn't even dreamt of, you know, you'd have checked out. So, so God doesn't give you more than you can take. But he gives you what you're equipped for and what you have faith for. And I think that's a key thing thing to look at. That's really a good way to Yeah, that's good. And if, yeah, if, if, if you never leave it. the pew, if you never leave the pew, you never get to find out what God can even do. And then you think, well, that's okay. If everybody just does that, we'll be fine. But really then a lot of people go to, basically the world goes to hell in a handbasket because nobody's out there doing the work of Jesus. He left us in charge of it. So we're basically the parable of the talent. We're the one person burying the talent, not even giving back interest for our own lives. Mm-hmm, and, right. and if you look at that one, that guy, that guy goes where the weeping and gnashing of teeth are. It's the people that had the two talents that came back with four, the five that came back with 10, that God said, enter into my reward. You know, so the high calling, you really can't be a Christian and really sit on your gifts. Mm-hmm. I think you can be a Christian, become a Christian and take some time to be discipled a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 we're saved by the blood of your lamb and the word of testimony. Your word of testimony should start happening immediately, you know, and be growing fast. Well, I think in the in the modern church, there's so much, um, so much pressure to count salvations. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's something that is measurable in it, church like, services, like an end goal almost. Right, yeah. and then some somehow there's been a disconnect with the mentoring and the discipleship that should follow that. It's not a measurable um, development in a Christian's life. So why even try to develop Christians further? The end goal is the salvation. We just want to, and I think that the way that you pastor um, stretches us with our talents, you shove us into situations that we're like, oh man, how are we going to get this done? And so you give us opportunities. Uh, I'll say opportunities. I won't say that you you present impossible situations. Um, But (laughs) A lot, a lot of churches just don't step out and do those things, whether it's in the community, internationally, or dream bigger dreams, because the end result, the end goal is salvation. Absolutely. And that's it. And they, they stop there because that's all they um, measure. Exactly. And, and I think the mistake here is like, like when I was younger in my, my day, when you would work out, you'd be working out for football, look all buff and hot and stuff. And I used to work out real hard. I used to be real strong. Like Lucas. I used to be real strong. Like I mean, you I looked to, like Lucas. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I used to look like Lucas. I, no, I was bigger than no, Lucas. Yeah, he, he was much bigger than I was much bigger, much bigger. And I, you, did you see him when he was big like that? I was buff. I, I, I've seen plenty of pictures. Yeah, he's seen oh, plenty of pictures. Man. Like that. I mean, there was a day when I squatted 750 pounds. 800 Holy pounds. Yeah. I bench pressed over 400. Yeah, 450 sometimes. You know, I I did stuff. I mean, I'm thick, man. And, and I, I, I did that stuff. And you know what? I, I kept working out thinking, I, you, you, I'm going to date myself. But back back in my day, I, everybody like me wanted to look like Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure, right, he had that right. oak chest. Just You could right. set a cup of coffee on the top it's of it. It's still a thing. I know. Yeah. That chest. And I, I tried to do that, but I could never. I found out he lifted weights differently. He wasn't going for super bulk. He was going for like like high reps and stuff like that. But, but it's like that. A lot of us want to be super Christian, but we sit on the pew. We, we sit at no Bible study. We sit basically at right. no Bible reading. Right. We don't spend any prayer time, and we want to look like spiritual Arnold. The problem is Arnold didn't lift weights like I did either. Arnold lived that life. He ate mm. like nothing with fat in it. He he. When you saw what he ate every day, salmon, chicken, this and that, he had salmon for breakfast. If I had to have salmon for breakfast, I'd have to cut myself. You know, <laughs> I, I could not do that. I can do salmon like once a year. You know, but, but I mean, I mean, they ate things like raw, you know, eggs in those days, raw eggs with it. You know, he ate perfect food. He put perfect food in him. He lifted 
two or three times a day, every body part was hit. And to do that, that was a high calling. Mm -hmm. To get to what to what he did, he had to work. He didn't just become Mr. Universe. He he worked his way up. We spiritually, it's the same thing. We work our faith muscles. We work our hope muscles. We see God happen and we get a little more faith. So that's why I get crazier and crazier because I've seen God do the last thing. And I'm thinking, I played that level of Donkey Kong. I'm ready to see the next one. Yeah. I have faith for the next one. And yeah. the good thing is, as the church grows, we have faith for greater things. That's why some churches can step out and do this thing and this church can't do anything you know mm -hmm. i mean we've had churches come in here we've, we've since we started the podcast since lucas put all the camera systems in the church we've had churches after churches come and say well we want to do what you're doing it looks good is it real hard i said no it's actually not that expensive you just got to step out and do it and we come in and say hey if you spent five thousand or ten thousand dollars you could do this and they go wow man they just look clueless and then and they look clu no they look clueless they come in and they watch lucas and they go oh man and i i, I tell them easy i says guys Guys, he put, he put all our camera system in place in our church when we had COVID hit for about 15 grand. I mean, that's a good system. We're doing a good job with it. That's not a lot of money. I know churches back in the day that spent $150,000, $200,000 to do what we're doing right now with $15,000. Technology is very crafty. Our boards are small. doesn't take much space. You can do it. He's got kids in there working it. He trains them and gets them working. The problem is you have to do it. You have to actually have people that commit to show up. And here's the problem. I always tell them, I said, well, just write a check get the stuff, he'll come train your people and teach you to do it. And they go like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. We'll just have the one static camera in the back wall, yeah. like a security camera and you're watching Pong. Doop, 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 doop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and then they wonder why nobody wants to watch your service nobody stays connected because they don't feel like they're engaged. You know? Yeah. You know, somebody said one of the churches was struggling with keeping people on after this. I said, I said, well, we keep our people engaged. I said they can actually the people that are watching the service online have a better chance of asking a question mm -hmm. than people in the room. Right. So, I mean, our people are engaged. So we have a spiritual greeter that takes the work of two or three people constantly monitoring those channels and being available. But we've made those people feel welcome. We have someone that live in Michigan and they come here and visit. You know, how did you do that as a church? It took work. You had to work that muscle out. And and so so. Churches look at it and go, it's easy, but you have to start someplace. I think a lot of our faith, we're not doing a lot of inspiring things in the church because we're just too busy sitting there thinking, I want to look like Arnold, but I don't want to do anything to spiritually look like Arnold. We're lazy. Yeah. 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 We're lazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a word. You, you're, we're lazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're lazy. And we're fat. We're not fat spiritually. I wish we get not fat faithful, spiritually. Yeah. yeah we're not faithful, able, teachable. Right. We're, we're just lazy. Other kind of fat. Yeah. yeah we're fat. Okay. Hey, listen. Uh, for me, the prototype, I think if people could get a handle on this, the, the Acts prototype, I've taught on this for years. In, Act, in Acts chapter two, there is a prototype of what the church should look like. And that's always what I'm striving for here at Community. I hope that's what you're striving for in your church. It says in Acts chapter two, the very first church, Peter replied, each of you, listen to this, must turn from your sins. That's, the, that's the going to the call, okay? Each of you must turn to your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the call. You, everybody needs to do that. That's the notch in the belt. Mm -hmm. That's not the end of the movie. It's not, you know, Hobbit level number four. That's the beginning. It's the beginning of the movie, yeah. right? But most churches go like, oh, we, we notched our gun with 20 belts. We had a great year. Our job is done. Check mark. Lord, yeah. no. The promise, he says, is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles. That means we have to, those of us that get it, got to take it out now to these people and all have been called by the Lord. How do others get called by the Lord? Well, we are the ones that are doing the calling these days. He put it in our hands. That's the Great Commission. Look at this next text. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this generation that has gone astray. Well, we're there now. Uh, verse 40, 41, those who believe uh, what Peter said were baptized and added to that church about 3,000 in all. Look, they didn't stop with the verse that are called. The called people went out and preached again. These disciples took their gifts, got off their couch, and they went out and they immediately started sharing themselves, sacrificing themselves. 3,000 were added to the church. They all then joined with other believers. The church is growing. 100, you know, we had 12 and 100 and 500, and now you have 3,000. They joined to themselves to the apostles, verse 42, teaching and fellowship. So they were all teaching, they're in the word, they're fellowship, they're sharing the Lord's Supper, which is a bigger meal than just the bread and the cup, but included that. And verse 43, hear this, a deep sense of awe came over all them. There was a, a respect for the church, the power of the church. What the church... 
the oak chest of what they could do, you know, oh no. The church had muscle in those days. And I really believe there was an all. And the apostles performed miraculous signs. They 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 bench pressed wonders and miracles, you know. These guys were squatting amazing things. And I'm I'm using the parallel of the physical workout with what was happening spiritually. And it says that all believers met together constantly. People wanted to be at church. I wish I had to put this clip in, but today John Steve sent me. I'll, I'll try to get it in the next episode if I can pull it in. John Steve yesterday goes out for Wednesday night church, and John's kids, he's had to miss one here and there, and, and so they've been wanting because they've had this kid sick and that kid sick, you know, got, get through all the snotty noses. And then he walked in Wednesday night and says, guess where we're going? We're going to church. And the kids just do a dance. <laughs> we're going to church, the little kids. And that just says a lot to Miss Julia and Miss Kara down there. The kids are so excited about wanting to come to church. They did a dance. They did a happy dance and sent it to me. They met together constantly, shared everything. There was a happy dance when church was going on. People wanted to come. They sold their stuff. Okay, they sold their stuff and shared their proceeds with those in need. I have shocked our church recently. Uh, our church has really got a good, good heart. We, we made a decision this year to try to help families get in Christian education. And we asked other families to step up and help them if they could. We have met the need of every family that needed support for that. I had some people come to me and say, well, what happens if more people come now that want need? I said, well, then is our Lord not able to provide? Is Does my father not own a cattle on a thousand hills? And if, if more come, won't they also bring the benefit of their gifts and their tithes and that? If more come, can God not take care of more? Is, is, is one more going to be too much for him? Is 10 more too much? I mean, we're not talking about human limitations. We're right. talking about the creator right. of heaven and earth. Right. He can do this. The question is, is our faith big enough to lift that and get up of it? So some people say, well, if you keep doing that, Pastor, you could have 50 people going to school and us having to support them. I said, so? Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, right. We're right. going to raise up families in the Lord. Amen. They're going to be dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ and want to give their lives to him passionately. Oh, I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. They shared everything. Yeah. And I told people radically, I said, maybe you have to make a stand for your faith and you can't do this. And, and it's a real godly thing. We're not talking about, uh, but a godly decision. If you do that and you lose your job, I asked the whole church, will we support that family? Somebody needs emergency surgery. They have no insurance, no other way to pay it, no family can help. Would we be willing to do what we have to to help that child survive, that person? Everybody in our large community said yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had, we, you know, we've got people, you know, the church, it's radical. People said, you're crazy doing that. No, I'm not. Verse 45, they, sh they met together. They shared everything. But it's not radical. It's, it should just be natural. That's, yeah. that, that's why when people challenge me on it, I'm like, it's in the Acts 2 prototype. It's how the church was built. They sold their possessions, shared the proceeds with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in the homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God. They didn't go like, oh my God, what if somebody else shows up? Oh my God, you know. And, 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 and all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And listen, was each day the Lord added to the group those that were being saved. More people came to help out. They, 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 I mean, they just had a good deal going on. So when you take this apart in the Acts prototype, you see that they sold and they gave, anybody that had need that was part of the Christian community, they shared. I'm not saying they gave them Mercedes, but nobody went hungry. No, if a Christian was killed for being a Christian in the early Bible, and they were, if a Christian was put in jail by the Romans for, for expressing their faith, then the church stood up and paid their helped them with their food helped them with their mortgage helped them with jobs they took care of the widow and the children and the orphaned of the church right now that meant you were of the church not just sitting there you know you know taking up space no you're like a family you you're get, a family you, you know each other you trust each other and you want to support each other community just, yeah yeah the assembly the church it's the body of christ right people have a hard time with the common concept of community common unity Especially Assembly. these days. It's yeah, hard. especially these days. You know, so they sold their stuff. Look here. They worshiped together each day. They met in their homes. They praised God. They enjoyed goodwill. They added to the church, and people were being saved. That is the prototype. That's what the church should look like. Mm -hmm. And when the church looked like that, numbers were being added every day. Mm -hmm. They were notching the guns, and those people were getting out their guns and then going out and leading other people to Christ. Oh. We, we, we are off that. That that so so one 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 brother was being witnessed to by somebody in our church. He's a Christian from another community, and he said, "If I take that stand, you're asking me to stand in this educational system. I will lose my job." And the person said, "Then lose your job. Your church should take care of you." He laughed and said, "My church would never do such a thing." And the person from our church said, "Our church would. You're going to the wrong church." Now he said, "That's crazy. It's not crazy." 
Mm-hmm. It's Acts chapter two. It's radical. It's radical. It's not crazy. It's radical faith. Mm-hmm. It's high calling stuff. Yeah. It's not the call stuff. The call stuff says sit in the pew, behave yourself, do what you're told. Pharisees and Sadducees will run things. The high priest got this thing. Don't cause problem. You know, when you cause a problem, your name's Jesus, we crucify you. As I say, we know what Jesus thought about the Pharisees. And they crucified and they crucified him over it. But guess what? The impossible happened. He jumped back out of the tomb and said, Ta-da, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you live, I can face tomorrow. So what are we scared of? We 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 have a God that beats circumstance. We are empowered by that God. And and why would we not want to live in that prototype? If you're in the car out there, you should be getting excited right now. I mean, you should get excited about this stuff. We live in an Acts prototype church. So I just wanted to kind of get that kind of stuff in here. Um, so so let, let me get my right notes here. Um, yeah, yeah, I lost. I got lost. Yep. In my life, I, we started, I started just in church, but I real, felt called from the beginning to be a church planner. The bishop did not, the Medias didn't let me just go meet a plan of church. Matter of fact, I wanted to, and they said, well, you can go to seminary first. Oh, man. To go to seminary, I had to sell my business. We had to sell our house, and we had to leave Southern Illinois. We had to go to Emory, to an ungodly seminary. But we had to go through the hoop. So we did it. We were getting ready to leave town. Guys, we were literally getting ready to leave town. We had a house over by the high school on 11th Street. You know, uh, the people that had my mortgage said uh, we were gonna we couldn't get a buyer. We had it for sale for I don't know forty seven thousand in those days. That was a nice house, new. We built it, and uh, two bedroom, beautiful little home, nine hundred square feet, tiny by our standards today. But we, th- th- my, my my lender said, I'm not gonna let you rent it. You're you, you I, you're more. I can stop you. I'm not gonna let you do it. Well, dude, I'm going to seminary. I'm going to get paid thirteen thousand. My seminary cost me eighteen thousand. I'll be negative five thousand. How long will pay this? So I got with the Lord, and the Lord, I heard the Lord say, "Go." I talked to Beth. How are we going to do it? Go. We loaded up the U-Haul truck, packed up the U-Haul truck, pulled the door down on the U-Haul truck in the driveway, getting ready to leave. I told the lender, "We're going to go." God will take care of it. God called us. If God didn't call us, then I'm doomed to fail. I'll come on back and I'll, I'll get back to selling insurance again. We're in the driveway and a woman pulls up and says, is your house for sale? Now, I'm going to add to this, okay? This is Heron, circa 1989. I am over by the high school. We are in a dominantly white community. Anybody knows old Heron? Pretty white area. Okay. The woman's a lovely, beautiful African-American woman. And I thought, this is great. I'm cool with that. So she walks up and says, I'm interested in your house. How much? 47.5. I'll take it. Walked her around. I'll take it. Well, I'll need to call my realtor. I'll take it. I said, you got any conditions? She says, no, I'm going to pay cash. We left for seminary. In, with her in the hands of our realtor and they fed us the papers and we got them about the time we got there. We closed the house for 47,500 with no negotiation, no haggling. And all it took was us to close the door on our U-Haul. God was waiting to see if we put our foot in the water. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That, that's kind of how our journey started. I mean, I mean, I think that's one of God's favorite ways to test people because we know so many people that have had to do similar <laughs> yeah. things. And we stayed friends with the lady for years and years and years. God bless them. I mean, and it, when I told the realtor, like, the realtor said, man, God's got his hand on you. Cash, you didn't haggle. No conditions, no inspection, nothing. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Oh, yeah. But God's wild us like that. It's like that's the first plateau. And you go, oh, we made it to the seminary. Then we had to make our way through seminary, you know, and that was tough. And we, we about died multiple times there, but, <laughs> but we made it through we and we came back and they wouldn't put me in a new church. I had to go to, I had to go to an old church with the, with the pastor had a heart for new churches. So they had no, the, the conference had no vision for new churches. So they put us in an old church and the pastor who had a heart for what I wanted to do said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you, I'll give you everybody under 40. Guy named Bruce Owens said, "You have everybody under forty, and they'll give you a chance to be a new church start plant. You do everything. You marry, bury, baptize, take everybody in. Everybody under forty. We took in what over one hundred and fifty something people in in one year. We took in so many people in the year that people said, well, you need to be our pastor. He's not even doing anything.' I said, "Yes, he is. He goes to the treasury meeting. He writes the checks. He, I didn't have to any junk. I, I just, I just, we, we started a children's church. We started a youth ministry. We started a couple uh, 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 home groups, young adult groups. We, we were taking in new people every week. I mean, it was just ridiculous. The church grew so fast. Finally, the DS said, we got to get him his own church. 
And so they let me go to Highland to start a new church so I get out of this guy's way. The Lord blessed us because we went where he was, we were faithful, we just dug in. And so God opened doors. God opened doors and opened doors and opened doors. We, we went to plant the church, then we went to Waterloo and planted a church. And then next thing you know, we're in Pawnee, you know, and I wanted to go do an international church. Big faith. We raised $30,000, went overseas, did the crusade. God moved over there in miraculous ways. I've told those stories many times. We came back to tell the story of how we had successfully as a family planted a church in 30 days. And we did that because I wanted to do other international churches, but the Lord told me, you've got to do one yourself before you have the credibility to take other people. We didn't want to take other people overseas like we do like you know, to, 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 uh, to Liberia or Thailand. I didn't feel like anybody should follow me in a place I hadn't already gone. I'd gone with Fred on his ministry, but I'd never led my own. So I took my own family and sacrificed them for 30 days, $30,000, and we came back very successful. In the service I'm at where we're presenting the report to our church, Pei Cooper Mundelo was sitting as a guest. He stood up at the end of my presentation and said, would you come to Africa and start three of these? And it opened the door to what God had put on my heart to do international church planning. I just had to go through the donkey gong. Mm -hmm. And then the, the it's like there, you know what I'm saying? And then that led that to, to Thailand, you know? You were bench pressing. You were you're bench pressing. Working so, up your so stamina. Let's put another plate. God yeah. says, hey. So when he stood up and said, he said, I'd like you to come to Africa and do it. You won't have to not have to speak Spanish. That's what he said when he stood up. <laughs> you can do it in English. It, it, it was true they can do it in English, but they also speak tribal language. Yeah. So I think the Spanish was easier than the African. Because <laughs> I don't understand. I have better time understanding the Spanish than I do some of the Liberian. It's tough sometimes. It's got a lot of brogue in it, you know. You know, hey, man, how you be doing? Man, are you okay? They drop a lot of vowels and a lot of important things out. But but listen, we, we did that. When we came back from that, I, I took Dr. Parks, and over time, we got to be friends. Next thing you know, he's his son's marrying a girl in Thailand, and we're over in Thailand doing a wedding. And next thing you know, we're planting churches in Thailand. Got 26 pastors now waiting for me to get back there so we can plant churches in the rest of parts of Thailand. And maybe doing, you were doing your reps. Doing your reps, and they put another plate on. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it, I, God gave me a bigger church, a different church, a church that had a heart for this. I didn't have the church to do it when I was at Pawnee. Now I have the church to do it, mm -hmm. and we've got partners now throughout the community to do it. it the lift doesn't seem as crazy now. Mm -hmm. Now it would be like almost boring to go back and do what we did originally. I just had to think about God saying you need to load the U-Haul and then see what happens is not even a challenge to me anymore. I put stuff in the box as soon as he tells me to now. I don't even need him to... to bring the 47,000, I'll just take off and know it'll be there because he's never hung me out. Maybe it doesn't come the way I think or the way I need it, but he always shows up. Mm -hmm. how, how has that happened in y'all's life? How have you seen the high call push you along? Hmm. Man, just for, should I go? Yeah, yeah go, go, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, there's been just, I mean, moving down to Marion, it was like, you know, in in the church it was it seemed like it was one disaster after another at different churches i wound up at and i was you know when i was 16 17 years old i was in the middle caught in the middle of this crazy stupid church split that i don't need to get into the details on but i feel like most people probably would have just walked away from the church being yeah. 17 and yeah. caught in the middle of something like that for some reason i didn't i mean i still had my struggles and and whatever but Anyways, throughout all of that and trying my best to remain faithful and um, going through just multiple <laughs> more instances kind of like that, not the same. Again, it's I'm being vague, but it would take four hours. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, then when it came to moving down here and it, it was just like, you know, we, we wanted to move down here, but there wasn't really a, we, we knew we felt connected and we felt called. Um, and long story short, when it came down to it, the stars just kind of aligned and my my job had enough business in the area for me to justify, like them to justify me moving down here, keeping my job. And there was position opened up at the church yeah. like simultaneously. And it, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like, and we're like, we're sitting in the desert, like, okay, Lord, like, what are we, what are we supposed to do right now? We're just like in limbo. And in his timing, it was like, boom like everything just happened at once yeah, everything fell into yeah. place and, and you know that's that's not so much me necessarily just stepping out in faith and and like closing the door on the on the truck right <laughs> before he it was more so just waiting 
yeah. which is different. I, I mean, it's a different it. thing. Be, but yeah. but I think yeah. everybody's is going to be different. God's going to work on you in different spots. Sure. I have to close something before I God will move on me. Yeah. Some people God can move incrementally. I think everybody's wired a little differently. Mm-hmm. Some of us turn like a, a jet ski. Some of us turn like a battleship. The key is: Are we turning our hearts to God? Yeah. Are we being inclined to God? And somebody may take one level of incline, you know, and somebody may take another level of incline. The question is: Are you climbing? Mm-hmm. Are you pressing toward the higher calling, which is Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's the key, pressing on. Yeah. I, hey, I tell you what we're going to do here is I think we're in a good spot here. We've got a pretty good start on it. I want you guys to think about this. And what we're going to do is we'll come back in our second session here in a minute. And we're going to come back in the next episode. I want you to join us in this. And we're going to get into a section called, uh, we're going to try to help you get rid of some bad habits. We're going to talk about bad habits that really keep us from being able to make that climb. Maybe bad habits that keep us from doing the, maybe you're doing some reps, but they're not getting anything because you're cheating on them or something like that. You know, when you do bench press, when you do high level bench press, you can't, you don't bounce it off your chest. Now that works real good at 150, 200, 225 pounds. You can bounce. When you get to the 450 pound, you bounce, you don't breathe. Crack yeah. I tried that one time. I tried to bounce up at 375 and like, and you know, back now I weigh closer to that these days, but back in the day that, I, that was twice my weight. I, I one time bench pressed twice my weight. So that was, that was my goal was to bench press twice, twice my weight. But there, if you arch your back, you know, you guys bow up, you know, you know, you end up with a hurt back is what you do. Then you can't lift for a long time. Right. And then you drop that down to about hundred pounds. <laughs> if you right. cheat, there's things, if you do wrong, it's like God takes you back down the mountain and says, nope, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's like the itsy bitsy spider find up the water's bound down came the rain. God does the exact same. When you try to fake it or fraud it, you try to push around the high calling. God only has one way to do it his way. Yeah. He's the way, the truth and the life. So we're going to come back in the next episode and we'll take on, we're going to take on, let me tell you, we're going to take on the high calling brings new faith. We're going to get into that. It's going to be real good. You guys did a great job getting warm back up in here. And we just want you to keep joining us at www.onthedoc.org. Info at onthedoc.org is our email. You can find us at all of our different platforms, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonette and social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and find us on Gatter. When you find us, subscribe, hit like, and notify. Please share it with others. We'd love to have you as a Patreon partner or sponsor. Check out those tiers, the sponsorship or partner tiers. Go to my Patreon and check that out. And always, if you don't have a place to go to church, what do you think? Ben, would you love to have him come here to Community Faith Church? Hey, information is on the screen. 10 o'clock on Sundays, Wednesday, 6 30. I had a good crowd at church Wednesday night on yeah, 6 30. People yeah. are getting hungry. We had a lot of people online watching too. Mm-hmm. We're getting pumped up. We've got people from other areas coming online now. Yeah. Uh, join us at coftv.com to find our church online. You can also find us on platform COF, at Facebook and at YouTube. Uh, we'd love to have you here either live or on our virtual campus. But again, hey, we just got started. We're going to get into the second part of this coming up real soon. But thanks for everybody joining us and look out for the next episode of this podcast on the dock. We'll see you soon. I'm Pastor Tim.